0: Yes, sir, we promised you a great man event here tonight. is <laughs> <laughs> <Pennsylvania.
1: laughs> All right, all right. We have our guest already here, but before we bring him on, SGG, um, we're not going to be able to get into the whole week. Of course, a, a big... Uh, defense for Bobby Lashley although Raw was not as good this week as it was last week um oh. but his segment his match was was fun um but we do have to just mention before we get to to our our big guest tough pay-per-view for um AW and it really everyone's going to focus on the Eddie Kingston um Moxley and which is the easy part to make fun of SGG. But to me, I thought the bigger disappointment was Christian. I, I agreed. And I feel bad this is not Christian's fault. He is a great talent. Like, you know, Christian's a Hall of Fame a Jace kind of guy. He's he's yeah. he's a great talent, but this was a huge misstep by Tony Khan. All they had to do was reverse what they did. Yeah. Announce Christian on Twitter and then have Twitter at a pay per view announce the big show. Boom! Yeah. Because the big God. show is big. They do and, it in but, reverse order and it ends up setting up Christian so everyone instead of instead of people being excited to see Christian and pop, you hyped it up so bad, you got this.
0: No
2: one wants that. No. It's it's absurd. And I mean, the problem is overpromise, under deliver. You know, they hyped up Christian and people were, were going wild with it could it be Kurt Angle is it Brock it's not Cena but maybe punk punk could it be punk and then for it to be Christian it's like couldn't be more of a letdown bro and then the the overpromise underdeliver situation came in again when it was time to to do the bomb that was not there no it was it was sparklers and the bang, and, and I I yes fans will definitely make fun of that moment, but again Eddie Kingston should get no heat no and and Moc and Moc should shouldn't no eat,
1: none of the none of the talent deserves heat like no. everyone did what they were supposed to do I mean listen. I would have said, I think the story could have lived on. If you knew when you guys were putting together the pyro, you know, this is going to look kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. Why not just have the idea that Eddie Kingston successfully gets Moxley out of there and the, and the pyro doesn't go off? Yeah. Well, I, I love that part <laughs> of the, the story. Thing. That part of the story was mage. I think Eddie Kingston yeah, saving him is mage
2: storytelling. I do too. But the problem is they make such a big deal of, listen, this thing has to go off in 30 minutes. And then let's forget about the match where like, they do a lot of things that don't make sense. I don't think that Mox getting up from an exploding bat to then take a one-winged angel on the steel chair made sense. The exploding bat to the head should have kept him down.
1: That would do it usually, yeah.
2: Yeah, should have kept him down. Just so that he could get up and then take Kenny's finish, I don't think it made sense. And then they went home about three or four minutes early So Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers have to kill so much time before this bomb detonates. Like you said, just have Eddie get him out of there early and then the bomb explodes and then that could be that. You know, if they were worried about a fan, the fans, they could have pre-taped the explosion and something more than just advertise this epic thing that, you know, from Tony Khan's comments afterwards where he's just like, oh, did you expect us to like kill a person? Feels like they weren't ever planning on doing this epic thing. They just hyped it to, to get heat and get the buzz, or get a buzz, excuse me. And now fans, they've become the object of ridicule. And then they can't even lean into it and fold it into the storyline. And they, they spe-
1: did, and they tried to yesterday. They, they had Callis, yeah. Don Callis, talking about it. It seemed so forced.
2: Moxley, Moxley and Eddie Kingston cleaned it up so well. Uh, I, I thought promo. they,
1: yo, I thought Moxley and Eddie Kingston, they should have left it alone after that. Almost like, yeah,
2: one hundred percent. But then, like you said, Callis and Kenny Omega came out and they forced it and they undid everything. Or if, or if
1: Callis just quickly said, "You guys are so dumb. You thought we were going to blow up this whole place. It was great seeing you huddle. Oh, you were so scared taking care of them. We weren't going to blow the place up, you morons." And then move on. <laughs> Yeah. But they tried to sort of like, uh, they tried vi- to sound diabolical. It was and awkward. Like, it was they it were was playing
2: 4D chess, but
1: rough week. It, listen, um, you know, I'm we'll have Dipperstein back next week. I'm sure he still will spin that it was, uh, everything was a, a piece of brilliance, but no, he was very, he was. I, I, I'm glad Dipperstein wasn't here this week because he wouldn't have been as kind to Christian as we were. Um, no. <laughs> Christian, and, and then Christian just,
2: would have. Caught the bombs that was that Marcus yeah. was supposed to get,
1: and 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 also the name Christian Cage, it gives me terrible nightmares of two thousand six TNA. They, they would have been better off just using his real government name. Well, didn't they use his music from TNA too? Oh, did they?
2: I thought they did. Maybe they did.
1: I I wouldn't know. I remember his music from TNA, but but the thing is, TNA Christian Cage, like it's it's it's. It's inherently a Jace, whereas if they'd if they'd come out and just, you know, pl- played whatever new music, and just had him come out by his government name, you know, something new, it it would have felt like it. Just I did not like harkening back to who he was post WWE. I was not. You might as well bring out Tyson Tomko. This was not the way to go. <laughs>
2: yeah, which who knows? Maybe maybe they will. Maybe by the way, I'd the probably next. pop
1: for that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sucks. all right. We can't make this guy wait anymore. He's a huge star. Let's uh, let's let's, you know what? Let me play the theme song right now. And let's get to our big guest. Mut, 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 mut,
2: I'm sorry. Oh, 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 oh I'm sorry. Oh, Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. Shout out to that guy, Grant. I like the delicious chicken.
1: It was repot. It was repot-
2: It's professional. It's professional. Wrestling. Ladies and
1: gentlemen, the world's number one sports and recreation podcast in the world is Cheap Heat. And today, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, we're joined by the physically strong, the physically smart, the physically um, with bad taste in television oftentimes, though not, not always, just oftentimes. And I'm talking about Stack Guy Greg.
2: My, my television tastes are diverse. So I'm, I like to be a well-rounded person. You are that. Although, uh, we have
1: to to figure out what's at the upper end of your television that makes it fully diverse. But no,
2: there's something there. We'll we'll get there. I mean, not too much highbrow, but you know.
1: No, there's a brow. The
2: upper end. Maybe a unibrow. There are brows. Um, And
1: and also joining us from the great, in quotes, state of Florida. A man who is a, a champion, literally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. This week, if you've been watching on the WWE Network, you may be calling him by his government name. I feel like everyone's feeling it right now. But we know him as the great Big E of the New Day.
0: My man, my man. Thank you for having me. Uh, By the way, you are clearly a true pro because I thought you were going to smooth me a little bit. A little, little hobnobbing, a little small talk before as soon as I clicked the Zoom link. You you hit the music. We're in. That's it. So respect to you. Listen, you're a huge <laughs> star. To you.
1: You're a star. I'm not
0: wasting time.
1: I don't know. Yeah, when we you're don't want to waste cut this your time. Off. And and we have things we have to to get to first and foremost before we do anything about wrestling or about your life or or, or the twenty four that came out last week. Um, tell us the reason that you hit me up and said, um, that you needed to come on the program this week.
0: Yeah, well, uh, thanks for having me, for one. Uh, Kind of the the thing that's really been consuming so much of my attention and my spirit has been our Kickstarter project, Our Heroes Rock. And uh, for me, this stems back to the murder of George Floyd. And for me, I don't remember anything ever hitting me so viscerally, something that felt so profound, a, a death of someone that I'd never met, that I'd never known. And I kept thinking of this massive, impenetrable, system of systemic racism, when you look at inequity, and it's, it's beyond just police brutality, it's housing, it's, it's, it's employment, It's uh, it just intersects in so many aspects of our culture, of our country. And in many ways, you know, I kind of felt hopeless, but my thought was, if I'm gonna sit here and have these conversations with my fellow black friends and family members, if I'm gonna shed these tears Let them not go to waste. Let me do something. Let me use my voice, no matter how big or small it is, let me say something. And one of the things that we decided to do is I just kind of thought like, what if we did schoolhouse rock, but for black people, black figures who don't get enough attention. And so I reached out to my man, Jonathan Davenport, who has designed the New Day gear for what, six years now. Mm -hmm. He's done an incredible job. He's, He's an incredible artist. And uh, I thought the, the gear he made, I thought he nailed it. I thought it got a, a lot of attention, a lot of great attention. And then my buddy, Andreas Hale, uh, who's worked as a journalist, he's a writer, uh, he's been an activist. And he hit me up and said, this should be way more than just wrestling gear. And it was really the three of us uh, who put our heads together. And I always say, this project is as much Andreas's as it is Jonathan's, as it is mine's, because it's the three of us who really worked hard on this. And uh, so we decided to launch a Kickstarter to to fund an animated short. And we felt like the life of Ruby Bridges was one that was so moving and profound. You have this little girl who was born in the same year as Brown versus Board of Education in 1954. So she's only six years old in 1960 Mm -hmm. when she has to integrate a New Orleans school. And to see all the vitriol and anger that, that a little six-year-old girl had to deal with. Uh, that story is so moving. And I think what's, what's also moving, too, is you have this one white teacher. There was one teacher who said, I will teach this child. So it was her and it was Ruby in a class for the whole year alone. And they got through it. And she learned. And and I think it's a powerful message, for, for young Black kids, for, for non-Black kids as well, that you can stand up, you can do the right thing, that uh you can be at six years old, you can be brave, that you can you can stand up for what's right. So it's uh I thought it was an incredibly moving story, but for us, we just kept thinking, man, there are so many stories of people, of important Black artists and activists and politicians that we had never heard of. Maybe we heard of them in college, maybe it was later in life, but like these are fundamental stories. And, and one of the reasons that we termed the project our heroes rock is because i i just i don't like that black history is just shoved into february and we have mlk and rosa parks and slavery and we move on we are so much more than that and we should honor those people but there's so many other stories that need to be told so we want to use science fiction animation and hip-hop to tell all those stories and and man we got rhapsody we got rhapsody who is incredible two-time grammy nominee uh for this Kickstarter and for this project. So uh I'm beyond excited.
2: Man, well, who else is hoping to tell?
0: Uh, man, there's so many. Uh I think there, I, I think of James Baldwin, I think of Bass Reeves. Uh I don't know if you've seen Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, I love that film. You think of Fred Hampton, and too often the Black Panthers are vilified. But Fred Hampton was killed at 21 and and he helped install a free breakfast program so that kids could get free breakfast, you know, it's a program that we still see uh, decades later in schools. So you think of, of a man like that who was cut down at 21, all the good that he would have done, not only for his community, but for the world. There are so many different and, and uh, a man whose story has told.
1: been told like, you know, when you're growing up my age, 41 years old, growing up white in America, the the. There, there is no education about the Black Panthers and if you know anything you think that they were trouble. That's what you're right. taught and, and people don't exactly people, I, people don't want to admit that right now everyone's scared to say what their real childhood was because everyone's like if you weren't some warrior who knew at eight years old what the right thing to do was and didn't storm out of the classroom you're complicit but it's like I'm telling you guys the truth you grow up white in this country you think the Black Panthers are like kind of violent and bad. And then you get older and you're like, wait a second. This whole, the people feeding us this garbage were the same people who were trying to stop them. What the hell's yeah, going on here? And I was really affected by the by Judas and the Black Messiah in that regard. Like I really was. So when you mention stories like Fred Hampton, there's so many stories you not only haven't been told, but if they've been told, they've been told inaccurately. So... Exactly. That's amazing, man. That's really cool. So what can people do? What can the cheap heat audience do to go support and make this happen right now?
0: Well, right now, our Kickstarter is still live. We have uh, 30-something days. Uh, but anyways, the Kickstarter will culminate uh, right after WrestleMania, I believe, April 12th. Um, but you can go to Our Heroes Rock. Dot org That'll take you directly to our Kickstarter and you can back us. And it's not just donations, you know, we have, we have cool things like there are pins and shirts. We got some really cool collabs that, that we're gonna be announcing very, very soon. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a whole reward tier as well. So you get something as well for supporting our project. But again, go to ourheroesrock.org. Uh, we have a project video, a long explanation, and it really shows you too. And I, and I want people to know too, this is not meant to be heavy and pedantic. For that age group, we're making this fun and engaging. You look at the animation, it's colorful, it's vibrant. Uh, I, I liken it to applesauce. You know, back in the day when my parents had to give me medicine or vitamins, they would crush up the medicine or vitamins and they would put it in the applesauce and mix it all in. And you'd have this delicious applesauce without even really knowing the kind of nutrients you got from it. And that's what I hope that this short film will, will do the same, honestly. Will be that entertainment, it'll engage you and you'll walk away and, hmm, I got this jingle in my head that, that Rhapsody just wrapped. And now I know all these facts about Ruby Bridges. That's incredible. And I want more. So that's our hope. This is awesome, man. You know, by the way, Biggie, you should. He's not here today. He has
1: a meeting at his agency. You should talk to Dipperstein, too, and see if he can be of, of any use for you guys and help in trying to push this around Hollywood circles. Because Yeah, not a bad idea. There's This is a very, very cool thing that I think has a lot of potential to not only be educational and nice and all the lovely, wonderful things about it, but also successful. You know, I think it could just be damn good entertaining content on top of that. Yeah. Which ultimately... And I think the
2: important thing, too, is like, like you said, our heroes rock. Because, like, black history is American history. We're all, like, we're all Americans. So this is this is our history. It's not a it's, thing it's, just for one group or, like, just to be held to point. one time a year. This is for everybody it's, all the time.
1: It's such a good point, S.G. And also, like, you know, every time we every time we think about things that are important and, and to... Uh, We always have a tendency to go and It's so important for black kids to see it. Every time we say that it is always as important for white kids to see it. I always felt that way about President Obama. Like we were always like, man, it's so important that black kids can see a black president. No, no, no. It's important that white kids see a black president. That's also, it's equally important because the future can't change with just all the black kids being aware. In fact, black people are already keenly aware of racism. We (laughs) need white people to be keenly aware of racism. So I love that this content could reach so many people and
0: everybody could be impacted by it. That's tremendous work, E. Well, thanks, man. It's it's something that I feel now I'm in the stage of my life where it just really hit me, uh, especially last year. I think with the pandemic, I had more time to think and I feel like I need to do more to give back. And this is me trying to, to do that, to give back. And uh, I've been incredibly we are already at almost one hundred thousand dollars. We've already reached our goal. But the way Kickstarter works, it's all or nothing, and 3D animation is expensive. But to do this the right way, um, we, we want to keep going. So we have a stretch goal, and right now that's at 100 grand. And then we'll be able to announce our, our producer and uh, keep going from there. But please, I, I feel like if you hear it, if you hear me talking, you get an idea of it. But if you go to ourheroesrock.org and really get to see it and get to see it kind of like starting to come to life, um, it, it's completely it's very engaging so well yeah, it's, please uh, check it out yeah it's easy if you just
1: google our heroes rock the kickstarter comes it's right up one. and they're and they're a few grand short of the hundred right now i, I would hope right now our listeners could give you a couple hundred people to jump on there and and get you over even the even better
2: right right now we, your co-host is gonna gonna hit them up and and donate something in the pot well, to try and get them to that yo goal, if
1: you see i want you to know biggie biggie if you see a five dollar um <laughs> increment.
0: Hey, hey, we'll take whatever we can get. There's no judgment, just you know. No, I'm about to give I'm give about to again. I'm about like to give said, a good I'm, one I'm right now.
2: Smart. I gotta go teachers aid or better. I can't waste this this education. I gotta go teacher's aid or better. Teachers aid or better? That. There you go. Wait, teachers aid
1: forty dollars or more. Good for you, SGG um, Teachers um, Aid or better. I am still respect. physically cheap too. No, no, you are the He's physically but like you I are fi- the penny pinch. Of- I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with you, man. I'm going to go, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go vice principal right here because we, we just I had so many people buy my ridiculous um, 24-7 championship shirt.
0: The <laughs> least I can do is turn that money around
1: <laughs> to a cause that is worthy. So I'm going to do that right now, and I hope everyone will do the same. Also, Big e, we've spent a long time talking to not cover the fact that you've also become intercontinental champion since we last talked.
0: That is true. That is true. Um, for the second time, a lot of people forget about the first time. It's but been yeah, a long That was a long time. It was, yeah, it was what? It was seven years, I think, seven yeah. years ago. But yeah, it's been cool. I mean, the one thing is, uh, it's just, I feel like the crowd, as you know, the people, that's your barometer. They tell you like, oh, this run is hot. I'm with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so much of the magic of Kofi's run was the crowd reaction. And that's one of the things that, you know, I wish I had. Is we, we, we don't have that now. But the dope thing is Tampa's my hometown. You know, we'll be at Raymond James. We'll have people there for the first time in over a year. We'll have. How, you know, exi- a, a real how excited are you about anyone being there? Like. It's dope, man. It's it's dope to get that real, authentic reaction. That's it's that's what we want. That's the dream. So, uh, you know, I'm hyped for that and to be in my hometown, man. Like I, I my high school all star game was at Raymond James. What like I was, hey. uh, yeah. I played. Uh, bo- we had a bowl game when I was at Iowa at Raymond James. Like this is this is my city. I still live like I'm 30 minutes down the road. So it's just dope, even though it's not quite the same we're not back to normal but it's still a massive step up so I'm excited about it man and uh I feel like right now nothing's set in stone but I got a I got a damn good foil in in Apollo and seeing him him step up man how do, you, how do you feel about this new Apollo we're seeing? These
2: yeah, days? I was going to say, is, is he, like, your least favorite Nigerian now?
0: <laughs> yeah. you're cool Kaz, your cool Wale. Wale. I started realizing I got a lot of love for Nigerians, too. I'm a big fan of, like, Israel Adesanya, too, despite his setback. Uh, seeing Kamar Usman. Nigerians have been killing it lately. Young Jordan, uh,
1: young Jordan over in WWE. Um, oh, yeah, 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 he
0: is. That's right. Yep. Um, but, yeah, man, it's, uh, I'll say, re- despite our beef, I got to say a uh, tip of the hat to him for stepping his game up. You know, he's a guy who could have easily just kind of been happy to be there and you kind of see a slow decline and then you don't see him on TV anymore. And he's just kind of gone. Like he put the onus on himself to step up. And in this business, man, you want to face the best it's iron sharpens iron. So I want to see guys be at their very best. I want to see them bring it. I want to see them like reinventing themselves. I want to see people at their best. And he's a guy who always had the look. He always had. uh, He looked like a million bucks. He moved. He man, that he reminds me in a different way. Not quite like Cesaro, but in the same way, like you see him do lucha stuff and strength stuff, like in a similar vein. Like, dude is. Apollo can do moonsaults, beautiful moonsaults, effortlessly. The stuff he does in the ring, you'd expect a guy 50 pounds lighter than him to do. And then he'll show you his his strength, too. So he's such a cool and unique blend, I think, of like kind of what a a modern day wrestler is. So it's cool to, to see him start to grow as a personality
1: when i saw him when i turned on the tv the other day and i heard him and was like
0: what the hell's going on and who are
1: these two people standing behind him what's happening here you know my natural reaction i think we all have a tendency in wrestling to be like wait a second how is this going to work especially if it's something like related to being african we all have a little bit of a side eye of like let's see how this goes and then i took a moment instead of being judgmental about it was like you know what if i'm being realistic We've always all thought Apollo Crews has been talented and an awesome athlete. We've been waiting for a character, something that jumped off the page and you could sink your teeth into. So before being overly judgmental, I was like, let me see, because my one complaint has probably been, who is Apollo Crews? And maybe this is a way for us to be able to sink our teeth in. SGG, what did you think? You and I haven't even discussed um, Apollo Crews' new, the new version of Apollo Crews yet.
2: No, yeah, I loved it. I mean, you know, apologies to you right now when when he uh, dropped those steel steps on your head. Someone not named Peter came on the show and said you might have you might have earned it a little bit. Um, so who I was, was that person who
1: him. said that? Oh, it was you, Sug.
2: No, I mean it could have been Dip too, but it was but, kind uh, of both I mean, of you, but it was really you. <laughs> but no, I am really a fan of this this new Apollo cruise because I think, like you said, we've been waiting for a character. And for him to just completely lean in to his culture and tap into that and come out with the armed guard and flip the accent back and say, I'm going home with it. Like, I think it's all perfect. I know some people were like you a little bit reserved, especially with the accent. But, I mean, if he's going to lean into it, he has to. Yeah. Because, I mean, and- all of us immigrants, we could do our parents' accent like it's nothing. and
0: Right. And it's, it's interesting, too, man, I, I feel like and I get people's sensitivities, too, because I watch it and I, I often think, where's the line? What's offensive? But, you, you know, and it's the same thing, too. I think back to when people want to think of the black experience as this singular thing. It's not because I have Caribbean parents and there are certain elements that, you know, th- there's maybe some similarities, but I don't know what the line is. So I'll, I'll reach out. You know, I reached out to like uh, to Kaz and I said, Hey man, like, how do you feel about this? What are your thoughts on this? Where is so the line? I, I guess too. I guess.
1: Yeah, and I, I hate being like,
0: "Hey, you're you're my Nigerian uh, expert here. What what do you think about this?" But uh, you know, without putting his business out there, he felt like, "Hey, this this is working. He didn't have a problem with it." And uh, I that that's where I I see where people would be kind of upset with it, but. If, if you don't have those experiences, if you're not Nigerian or Nigerian American for me, like I have to reach out to learn more to, to understand what the line is. So uh, more than anything, I- I'm just glad that he's getting that opportunity. He's getting that limelight. Like, cause he's a guy who like, you don't know. He's a, he's a guy who maybe a year ago who could have been let go quietly. And it's oh, yeah. it's what could have been yeah. with him. And I'm so glad that he's now, he's not beyond that what could have been stage. You know, he's at a point where he's showing, yeah, I'm I deserve to be here because you don't you don't see a packaging like that for a guy who's just going to be off TV in a week or two. No, you, don't no, have, you know what I mean? You're like going to get that, time now. You're going to get some time now. Exactly. Exactly. And so I'm excited to see where it goes. And like I said, man, I want I want the best programs. I want to face the, the guys who have some momentum. And uh, it's good to see him
1: with that. So there's a lot of talk. And by the way, also, what a great place in, in time it is that we can be worried that it's offensive We, we have to ask, is it offensive if they do a Nigerian thing with someone who's actually of Nigerian descent? Do you realize how right. huge an improvement this is? I mean, there was a time in this business when a large white man came out and he was African all of a sudden. So this yeah. is, hey, we're small baby steps, baby steps about the way we view the world. This is positive. Um,
0: we're, we're getting there.
1: Yeah, we're getting there. But... Um, what about your character e I mean like you and I don't really talk about this very often but in the in terms of wrestling, that is a conversation about you know what what does what does big E need to do to be um, at a at a championship level solo championship level world champion level versus tag team championship level and is it something different you know like do you 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 know you did that thing on on the air on an episode of Talking Smack, I believe, where you and The Miz had that sort of fun dialogue about your character in which you could, it was sort of blending behind the scenes and and real-life conversation. Um, But I wonder about it, too, because I'm a huge fan of what you do in The New Day, and me and SUG have often disagreed, we've disagreed about this all the time. I favor a New Day breakup at some point, and he does not. And I'm like, I want to see... The, the the changes that happen to characters when things like that happen um but do you need any sort of change like that or can you remain biggie of the new day and still just go out on your own and be ww champion
0: to to me it's there will be changes but i almost feel it's got to like naturally evolve like i don't think i need a drastic Makeover. I don't think it needs to be something like like what Apollo did, where it's now like here's a brand, brand new gimmick. To me, it's just I kind would love of, for us to toy around with what that would look like, though. Well, I got a lot of shenanigans in my bag. I don't know if it would be any good, but I, I, I'll hit you with some shenanigans, uh, I, man. I, I feel you. With we were when we first heard we were breaking up, I was not a fan of it because I think in many of the ways that Kofi was able to become a world champion and still have the group be intact, where we could have kind of our separate stories, I thought that was very possible. But, you know, you know, this is the, the hand we're dealt. So for me, it was a matter of still still keeping the things that made me special, but adding some determination. So I still wanna be myself. I still wanna make people laugh. I still wanna uh, be frivolous at times, but now I'm here to do something. A- and I'm here to to cement a legacy. That is that's why I'm here. That is why I'm on my own right now. And I feel like I would do a disservice to Kofi and Woods giving me their blessing if I just went to SmackDown just to kind of be a guy on the roster or just hold a title and not elevate that title. So for me, that's an important thing is making that title feel special. And I don't think it's a matter of me doing anything drastic and much the same way where people, you know, around the Miz time, when he had that, that conversation with Miz and he talked about me being more serious. And I said, it was that same night, I think, where I got in Sheamus' ass and I told him like, you're, you're telling me I need to be more serious. I just I just showed you a level that 98% of the people on this roster ha- have never showed. Mm. Like I showed you that when it's time, when you cross me, I'm gonna bust your ass. Like that's, that's what I'm about to do. So for me, it's a matter of feeling the moment and, and meeting the energy of the moment or what that moment calls for. I don't think it needs to be any drastic changes. And maybe, maybe we'll get in a month or two and I'll feel like, hey, maybe I do need to really switch something up. But I feel like, man, I've been signed with this company since August of 2009. If I don't have a feel for this by now, if I don't have an understanding of my character or my direction or what feels off by now, I don't need to be here. So trust in me. Trust in me, man. Let me take the ball and let me run with it. Uh, it's, it's also, too, like you talk about guys just like, what do you need to do? Oftentimes it's just about just give me that ball, man. Just open the door, man. Just just let me go. That's that's how I feel. I don't feel like I'm deficient in in any way that I need to add something or I'm missing something or I need a wholesale change. I just think for me, it's being, you know, oftentimes, too, we have TV. And when you're given a three minute seg you do the best you can with that. But it's often hard to look like the guy when you're given three minutes and your entrance is not on TV and you come out and you have to rush what you do. But if you give me that opportunity and you have the eight minutes or the 10 minutes to really tell that story, to really look like a star, yeah, then you're made, you know. And, and it's, a, it's such an interesting business, too, because we're shown time and time again, one great night of booking can change everything. Same thing like Kofi had that one gauntlet match, yep. and he went. He went from being a guy that we all loved, and yeah, Kofi's he's, he's that utility guy. So like, yo, part I of, could see him winning this whole thing, just yeah. like that. And one night, one and night. You, we all knew how good he was. We all knew how talented he was. We all knew his story, but one great night in front of a yep. hot crowd who's receptive to it. Yep, and it was on. Well, and you know that's what? You and need.
1: that's and that's I think where where my interest in the breakup comes from. Because my default is what's the easiest way that I could foresee it happening, and so right. be, for, so for me, I thought whoever would have been the person to turn on the rest, you instantly because you guys are so beloved. It's such a <gasps> that it can it, it's it's almost a cheap it's almost a cheap way of doing it. It I, is honestly cheap. it is a cheap way of doing it because the, you you know the crowd's going to react. But right. I there are these moments we have in history where where a turn is so impactful. I mean, I always bring this up, but I mean, all Andre the Giant had to do was walk out next to Bobby Heenan. That's it. And you went, oh, my God. Now, it it was a simpler time. And so these days,
2: getting the crowd to go on that journey requires something different. I mean, they went to that same well with Roman, though. They did. He showed up next to Paul Heyman. They did. And instantly everybody knew this was not the guy that we hated and then grew to love and then now have to hate again.
1: You know, you're 100% right. That was, you know, and, and they didn't lean into it quite the same way, but you're right. It was that sitting next to each other that changed everything as it is. Would How excited, would you, would you be very excited to have a main event, um, a, a
0: universal championship storyline with Roman? I mean that's the one like if i had to pick out any storyline or any title or that's that's the guy whether people want him to be the guy or not and i feel like most people now are on board with him being yeah. the guy i feel like it's all pretty pretty universal there uh but yeah if i was to pick anyone he, he would be the one but i also as much as it would have been dope to have done it this year i also don't mind earning it i think one of the problems that we sometimes get into is you see guys get called up and not that I've been in this position because it's kind of odd to make that comparison after eight years in the main roster. But you see guys guys get these opportunities and they get called up and they go straight for a title and then they don't get it. And it's now what? You know, there's they're right in that world title picture. And I'm not I don't want to name names because I'm not disparaging them per se, but it feels like a disappointment. Oh, I, I now didn't, they, I didn't want you to get it now. I,
1: I, I thought this I I think we Greg, did we talk about it? I think yeah. I think I said on the show, I was like, man, if if big E were to get it now he's not going to get the title. So he's going gonna to end up jumping into it for a second. It lasts for three weeks, maybe one pay-per-view, as opposed to if you wait a year and you're more even solidified as a solo star, maybe have a great IC title run, and then when it comes around, it could last, and you could win. You, could, you know what I'm saying? So as a fan, right. I didn't think it would've, it would have been, been a thrill in the moment, but you don't want
0: to be filler. You want this thing to really mean something. No, of course, too. And I I think it it could also be hard, man, as a babyface, because I think as a fan, I want to see the chase. I want to see a guy overcome, especially for that title, for a world title. I want to see a guy overcome and have even if even as a bigger babyface, a guy who's a bit of a powerhouse. I want to see that guy have to overcome something to have that title run feel earned. I think it's a lot easier for heels to have those long title runs and be dominant and have the shenanigans. But as a babyface, it only really works when it's just kind of you, when it's just you alone. That's why we had to, when Kofi had the world title, it was this balance of us still interacting with him, but not being the guys to save him because then you lose the luster of him being a world champion. If he's always having to lean on his friends, mm. but you, you can do that as heels, you know, you can have your Paul Heyman, you can have Jay, you can have all these little things around you helping to, to create this mystique and also helping to get you wins, helping to, you know, take the bumps for you. Uh, and uh, it's just different as a babyface. And what's, it can be a lot harder, I think.
1: What's the most you've ever tried to explain this to, like, a complete non-wrestling person? Like, do you ever go on a date or anything and, or talk to someone who literally has nothing, no sort of knowledge of it, and you're trying to explain
0: this level of nuance of this world, and it's like, oh, I don't even know where to start? No, I don't even try. I don't like talking about wrestling to, like, to women. I think it's, I, I, like, the, I like the distance. From but don't they ask sometimes job?
1: if they're like, oh, I want to yeah, see you on they? TV?
0: I, they do. And I'll do my best to like downplay it, to, to tell them not to watch. I Yeah, I, they do. But I do my best to not engage. But it is difficult because these are things that I know the two of you will understand. But even a very casual fan, like my, my you know my real good buddies that I went to school with, I couldn't explain all these nuances to them. They wouldn't understand in the same way.
1: Is a special level of yeah. of
2: nerdiness that
1: we but i mean <laughs> yeah. yeah
2: it's
0: true
2: with the crowd coming back though you don't want like panties raining on you too biggie like that's a good question expli- <laughs> yo that's yo is, is that, that a new gimmick for him the,
1: the panty raider <laughs>
0: Could be. good lord it, it, de- it depends on what kind of panties i suppose <laughs> and like how musty they are because i don't want i don't want you especially like mania if we have mania and we got people out there for six, seven hours in the hot sun Facts. throwing their dusty-ass drawers at me. <laughs> that's not what I need. I don't you need that to come. You got
2: to come out, right? Night one, like, right early in the show. Real <laughs> early. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah I, yeah, I got to tell you,
1: I don't know if during COVID <laughs> the panty throwing's a move right now because it lands short. Uh, that's, that's a tough thing. Um, uh, now, <laughs> I was watching the, uh, the 24. Um, it's so interesting watching a documentary about someone who you're friends with, but you don't know every aspect of I You and I have never talked about your football career. Yeah. I, we've never really even talked about FCW. Like We talk about, like, hip-hop and what's going on in your life right at this minute. Right. So it was very interesting to learn all these things about you. Um, you know, SGG, we always talk about what a great guy Big E is. I never. you got to watch the doc. Turns out he's a terrible yeah, no, I, guy.
2: I saw him. <laughs> he's a terrible
1: guy. <laughs> I was shocked they did a feature all about him fighting people for no reason. No, but you're, you're exactly the person that I think my, myself and everybody knows you to be. Um, but it was cool getting to see – like I really didn't understand sort of how difficult the end of football must have been for you. And, you know, obviously you're not the only guy like that. I'm curious – do you have conversations with the Romans and uh, the Baron Corbins and the people who have been to different levels of football? Um, There are so many. I mean, it goes back to JBL, you know, Mark Henry. I mean, so many people made it to some degree in football. Do you guys ever talk about that? And do you ever still think about football? Or is that sort of pain completely been washed away?
0: Um, so I don't actually talk to those guys about their football careers much. It'll come up from time to time. So it's interesting to look back, man. When I started in FCW, it was a stigma. There was a stigma attached to being a former football player because those guys tended to not really, they didn't grow up in the business. They didn't always want to do this. And so many of the guys had worked for, you know, 10 years before they even got signed to WWE. So I didn't like talking about it. And for me too, I was a failed football player. So I didn't have anything to truly be proud of, in my opinion. Uh, if you look at Sabby, who started for the Bucks, like that's a guy, if you start for an NFL team for a few years, feel free to talk about your, your NFL days. Um, but for me, I just didn't really talk about it. But one of the things that I have talked about is some of the guys that I play ball with in Iowa. And there are varying degrees of success. Some guys who didn't even finish up at Iowa, and then I, I talked to some buddies of mine who played several years in the league. And one of the things that I don't think we talk about enough with athletes is the amount of depression and just mental illness, like people really struggle because when, when you're an athlete and, and in many different pursuits, but when you're an athlete, you spend and devote so much of your life to your craft uh, even when you're not doing it, you're recovering or you're stretching or you're watching film or you're in your playbook and that's your identity. And it consumes so much of who you are. So I went from doing, you know, it was, we would all laugh because the NCAA limit, we'd have to sign something that we only had 20 hours of football activities a week because that was the mandate you couldn't do anymore. And we all like calculated it. Was, it was more like 40 hours of football activities when you added everything up. But when I went from that and my full class schedule and rehab, and that was just over. And I had all this free time and I wasn't, I didn't have the same connection with my teammates. It was hard, man. It was it was very, very hard. And I've talked to like I didn't realize so many of us just kind of suffer in silence. Well, and I can't imagine and-
1: the fact that you had to do the ACL thing once and you work all the way back from it to have it happen again. I can't imagine how frustrating that is. I thought the same thing a couple years ago. It happened to I think Tegan Knox in NXT. Yeah. Like yeah, these moments when people work so hard six months to get back and then boom, it
2: happens. Again. I mean, that mental wear and tear must be brutal, man.
0: It's awful. And- and-
2: now, I was going to say, too, you just talked about like the 40 hours of football activity, like just not having your boys around for that amount of time, too. You must feel so isolated.
0: That's the thing, too, man, people don't talk, like the locker room is what I think what I missed almost as much as playing, maybe more than playing is because you have those are your guys, man. Those are like it's a real brotherhood. And similarly, in, in wrestling, too, when you're on the road as much as we used to be, is there's there's that bond and brotherhood. And one of the things that that really saved me and I haven't watched the doc, so I I just can't. I can, maybe one day I will. But so forgive me if I'm repeating something. <laughs> but uh, wrestling really filled that void for me. And I'm really, I'm beyond grateful for that because it it's very different than football, but it gave me the same sense of community, of, of like that that brotherhood, that locker room, something that I could work at and me still being uh, an athlete. And uh, I'm really grateful for that. But yeah, it was, uh, it's an extremely hard time. And I didn't realize, I kind of felt, I felt very alone in the moment. But the more conversations I had with others who, who played ball And, you know, that was my first love. The very first thing that captured my imagination like that, that I thought, that's what I'm going to be. And nothing is going to stop me from being that. And I felt like I had overcome so many things. I didn't play an ounce of football from, I played youth football and then played no football in middle school or high school until my senior year. And it's very, very hard and difficult to get a scholarship at a major school. And somehow I overcame all that getting the scholarship. So I felt like this is this is my destiny. I'm on the path and to see it all kind of fall away was, was very, very hard, but man, uh, wrestling saved me in so many ways.
1: What, how, what was the relationship
0: with Dusty? Like Dusty was great. I think uh, Dusty was probably a bit closer with others than he was with me, but he was always very complimentary of me. And it just became, it went from me being a fan and like, Oh, that's Dusty Rhodes when I first walked in in 2009 to, it's weird to look back and just have this very casual friendly relationship with with dusty where he's just there all the time you know it's not like he's on a pedestal on a you know he's he's there he's in the office and we get to talk to him and trade jokes with him and so did you have uh, someone
1: else that was more like your person someone who took that special interest in you more was it dr Tom
0: who uh, I would I would say I would say so many people. I definitely have to give Dusty credit, too, because he definitely helped me uh, with my promos and loosening up, too. But I would say of anyone, I'd say Doc. You know, Norman was there, too. But Doc was the one who was there with us for hours every day, who was extremely patient with me, who had, you know, he I could tell the frustration when I had no idea how to sell, and I was learning to sell. And I would just see him, like, fighting that urge to, to cuss me out. Uh, but I really appreciate it. And there were a few times, too, where he's not the most uh, – warm at times as far as like he's not going to necessarily take you aside every day and hold your hand and give you a hug and a kiss. But the, the few times that doc did pull me aside and said, Hey, you're on the right path. And the office likes you like those words were, were ones that, that saved me because it's so interesting looking back at FCW because it really feels like an Island. It's so different from NXT where, where fans are so connected. Yeah. Oh, it must be completely different. Like it really what no. you
1: it was, Kind of cool actually because it's you guys still had the opportunity to really feel like
0: indie dudes, like really. Yeah. Well, I what I liked about it is that when I got called up, I had a bit of a mystique because no one knew who I was. And I think as much as I enjoy NXT, I think one of the issues is when people come up from NXT, there's the expectation that they'll be used in a similar way. Correct. And that they'll have the same presentation. And Oftentimes, I almost feel not that people burn out, but almost like you can have your best run in NXT, and people think that it's just supposed to go in this very, very linear way, right? Where you go straight from NXT, and if you were hot in NXT, then you're going to keep getting hotter and hotter in the main. It can't work that way. It just it just doesn't. There's not enough. It hasn't really.
2: It hasn't ever. Like Adam Rose was the hottest thing in NXT for a while, and then yeah, he got on the main. He was hot for a little while, and fans just didn't embrace it the same way
1: right and then you and then you look at an Elias who like had a minimal role in NXT and he's found a way to constantly be involved in things throughout his entire run in WWE um and we talk about all the time and you know I'm not the biggest NXT person but like we, we talk about this all the time where do you go with Gargano and and Ciampa and these guys who have already been big there for a long time it's it's a that's it's hard you don't you don't have a place for everybody they're not going to all show up and get the billing that they quote unquote deserve whereas when you come from SCW you're a complete nobodies you right. get an opportunity to start over fresh and and then build from there
0: yeah but I I also don't know if the main roster needs to be a destination for everyone it doesn't like I right? I think I think Gargano and Champo might be guys who are NXT guys and that's that doesn't have to be. With a frown or with any disdain, that's it doesn't a great have point. to be said. It can be like, This is our brand. It's on national TV, man. It's not just on the network. Yeah, right. Not, not right. saying that the programming on the network is a problem, but it's on national TV. And if those guys feel like that's their home and that brand best suits them, there are a lot of people who will tell you, My favorite WWE brand is NXT. For sure. And I, I so I don't want there to be like attached. There shouldn't be any shame uh, attached to being an NXT guy. I don't think it necessarily has to be. And it's it's just interesting that NXT isn't. Quite developmental anymore. Yeah. No, it's not. That's I said the thing. that
2: too. Uh, fans view like people go back to NXT, and fans look at that as a demotion. And I'm just like, you know, they they travel less. It's probably more comfortable for them. They probably want this. It's not necessarily a demotion for somebody to go back to NXT. You know,
1: not. And also, if you're really into wrestling, if like you're part of it that you want to perform at is being a wrestler, that is more important to you than everything else that comes with that. It may be the better fit. Um, it's yeah. a, that's a really good point. Um, I appreciate looking at it like that. What was, the, what was the uh, early run with Dolph and AJ like? Did you enjoy that? Were you just trying to get your footing and don't even know what the hell was going on? How do you look back on that time?
0: No, it was great. It was my only reservation was I I didn't like that I had to be this silent, emotionless, uh, bodyguard heater who never spoke. It was such a contrast because we we acted like NXT and the main roster were two different universes because at the time I was NXT champion, but I never had my NXT title on uh, the main roster. I never held it. I never walked out with it. And I would go out and be this vibrant baby face with the five count as champion, getting people involved. And then I would go on the road and I do these live events and I would stand there and I would barely That's move. That's so I, weird. I, yeah, it is. And I, you know, it's one of those things where I would check with the office and the bosses and say like what do you, is this, this is what you want? Are you sure? And that's what they wanted. So that's what I did. And so that to me was, uh, that was the difficulty, but you know, it was looking back, it was a great opportunity for me to learn. I felt like I was ready when I came up, but I was still only three years in, into the business. And I'm not like, I wasn't one of these prodigies where I look around, man, I see these, I see people who are like 22, 23 men and women who are incredible, who can cut promos, who have great looks, who know what they're doing. And I'm, I'm blown away. For me, it wasn't that. I didn't instantly pick it up. So I still needed to grow, and I still needed to be comfortable being on the main roster, too. A big thing for me, too, was just getting over that walking on eggshells feeling of, oh, man, I'm in the ring with John Cena, or there's Kane, and I don't want to hurt them. So that's that's the biggest thing, too, is me still kind of having that fear of performing. I was still too inhibited, and I was the, the nice thing with that role of being with Dolphin AJ is it, it allowed me to get my feet wet slowly, to to dip my toe in, to learn. I'm with Dolph, who's incredible. I'm with AJ, who was red hot at the time. And they're having live events. Uh, We did, like, they did an MSG uh, cage match in, what, I think that Christmas loop of 2012 and with with Cena in the main event. And I'm getting to be there to hear them, to hear the crowd, to hear how the crowd goes bananas when Cena comes out. To hear them put matches together, so it's a great learning experience. I'm traveling at the time for a while. I was with Dolph and AJ. We traveled together and just would talk about ideas. So it was a really great learning experience to learn from some of the best of the industry. And you, and, so, to, and to your point, you got to have physical interactions with people
1: without having to do like that much. Sorry, SGG, but that, I was just thinking about that because I saw how your first thing you ever did was attack John Cena. But even yeah. in doing that, it's quick, and you don't you're not having to do 15 minutes with John Cena. But you get to. Get the you know get the rub and have the little moment. Sorry, SGG, what were you
2: saying? I was I was going to talk about that John Cena moment too. Like, John Cena's the first guy you touch when you come on the main roster. But you talk about seeing these prodigies. You know, there's that doc that footage of you just setting like a world record bench press with Roman spotting you of all people, and John Cena's the one who sort of sees you and like this this dude's going to be a star. So is there anybody now that you? Have sort of become like an elder statesman like you said you see so many young prodigies now that you're in like the Cena roles who do you have your eye on that like if you could name names people you're excited to see get to where you are
0: Ooh, um man there are I always feel weird it's it's bizarre I talked to Kofi and Woods about this at times too because I feel like I felt like the young guy for a long time and I'm just a guy and we're messing around and then you get deeper and deeper into your tenure here and you look around at the roster and think, sure man, am, are we the OGs now? This is bizarre. <laughs> and are. I don't know if I am, but I'm, I kind of am, you know, it, it, I've, I've been around for a little bit. So I'm not really one. I often feel like I'm not the one to be giving advice. So I never do. But if someone comes up to me and asks me, um, then, you know, we'll, we'll talk. Uh I'll say, you know, from a backstage standpoint, I've talked to to Uha, to Apollo and, uh, you know, we, we, we talk. It's been cool to see his, his growth. And uh, just so I don't get in trouble. There, there are people from outside uh, companies I'll, I'll probably text you about later so I don't get in trouble. Um, <laughs> but there are people from elsewhere that I do have good relationships with. Uh, and it's, it's so bizarre for someone to say, hey, I'm a fan of your work or or even like I watched you when I was coming up because I don't feel like I'm that old at 35, but I guess I've been around for a little bit, but it's, it's, I'm now really enjoying that role of being able to give back a little bit or give advice or just, or just share my story. Like, I'm not saying I know the best route, but I think our story, the new day story is very relatable for people who are trying to get off the ground. Like to when I go back to 2014 and I, I always want to remember where I came from and the origins and remember how hard it was in 2014 and how, how we were as talent. And I, I often like talking to people who are at the same point of trying to figure out how do I jump to a new gimmick? How do I have this heel turn go the right way? And and, and so many people have that experience. It's not like you guys were alone. No. And it was hard, man. Like. You, you think of the New Day now and you think of all of our, our successes and Kofi being world champion and the 483 day title reign. But if you look back to the summer of 2014, I am still amazed that we ever even got on TV together. Our first incarnation when, when Woods comes out in that white and red suit uh, and <laughs> that it took months and months and months of of cutting our own promos. We, we would spend uh, time at live events shooting our own little vignettes and showing them to the office and being told make this tweak. We'd come back, we'd make the tweak and no, that's not what we want. We'd come back and say, hey, here, give us a whole new idea. So that's, that's the biggest, I think, I think there are other people who can lend you advice about how to work or maybe character stuff, but I can share the story of what it is like to get an idea off the ground when no one wants this idea to happen. And that's something that I enjoy.
2: And you guys handle fan rejection probably better than any and P, you can speak to this too. Anybody I think I've seen in all my years watching wrestling. Cause like the fans did not want the new day on their screens for a long
0: time. But you know what helped us is people weren't ambivalent. And that we were good. As long they can hate you, even when they're supposed to cheer you, if they hate you, you can use that. If if they're cheering you when they're supposed to boo you, you can use that. But when it's crickets when you come out, That's when you really need to start worrying. So we we took that hate and we said, okay, we were hot about it because we knew we were supposed to be baby faces. We were supposed to be cheered. But we said we can use this. And we kept saying we kept saying to the old man, you hear those people, you hear them booing. We'd go out another night. You'd hear the loud New Day sucks chants. And that was never our intention. But this is where we're at. We can use it. Let's turn. Let us turn. And as soon as they let us turn and they kind of took off, they, they let some of those reins go, they let some of those restrictions go mm. and let us kind of do us. We were good. We were good and it got off the ground. But that's the hard part is getting that trust is very rare. And, and I get it, man. It's uh, we always say the mantra is an audience of one as much as you want to get over with the people with the fans to be respected by your peers. If one man doesn't like you, It's going to be very hard for you to make it in this company. So um, we were very fortunate, but we also busted our asses to keep getting over that hump. And we believed in our trio more than anything. We trusted in ourselves. And that's one of the things I feel like our bond was really forged through the fire, through the hard times is we just said, we're not going to let them divide us. We're not going to like, we got, we had so many people bury us, so many important people bury us and it should have been over for us. But we just said, like this is it? We're gonna sink or swim on our own merits, and this is this is the our last pitch, and we're gonna go all in on it. What was that like for Kofi? Because at that point, he's
2: like beloved, could do no wrong, not to the extent of Kofi mania, but I mean, what, what was that like for him getting that reaction after being in the?
1: Spot yeah, he'd always this- at least gotten a pleasant reaction, even if it, <laughs> right? even yeah. if it was a mid card yeah. pleasant reaction.
0: It was a it was a nice reaction. Well. Kofi had wanted to be a heel for quite some time, but he was the guy who they saw as like the Ricky Steamboat, the perennial uh, baby face who will never turn. He's always the guy we cheer for. But, uh, you know, Kofi, I didn't realize this at the time until he told us, but he was thinking about retiring. You know, he was at a point in his career where, you know, you just get to that point where you're just stuck. You're in this one lane. This is how they see you and Royal Rumble, you don't really get an opportunity. Hit your
1: Royal Rumble spots. Yeah. Come down, yeah. you know. He had the he had and the it, moment with Randy Orton. That was cool, but besides that, it's kind of probably what just felt like repeat.
0: Yeah, but that the moment with Randy wasn't what 09? Yeah. 10? Yeah. long time. And this is this is 2014, so it's a while where Kofi could have still done what he was doing and been around for a while, but he didn't just want to be a utility guy. You know, he was he wasn't having fun just being there, just getting a paycheck. And so he like there was no point where Kofi, at least he never voiced it. There was no I don't think there was ever a time where he's like, all right, I don't really need this. I'm just going to go back to doing what I was doing. He never he never had that feeling. He was we were all in on it. All three of us were all in on it. Same for me, man. I was this close to being sent back down to next year being fired. I could feel it. I knew it because there was no real plans for me. And same thing with Woods, who had one of the worst debuts in <laughs> WWE history. Just an awful one where our truth comes out and then there's this guy trailing him for a little bit. And then he eventually says, oh yeah, uh, it's Xavier Woods. And then he proceeded to get beat up by Brodus and company for the next like month. And then I think he had a program with Rusev where, oh yeah, he had a handicap match. I want to say it was Extreme Rules with Rusev. It was our truth and Woods. And, and Rusev just like, demolishes him woods like real quick at the beginning and proceeds to have the rest of the match with truth so woods was in dire straits too we just all felt like this is this is our last this is it if this doesn't work then hey this might be it for us so we we went all in on it um let's say for example you were
1: involved in a professional wrestling match Mm -hmm. And the the story said that you were supposed to run out to the ring and save a friend of yours, Kofi or Xavier. And if you didn't save them in a certain amount of time, the ring was going to explode. And you get down there and you cover this person with all your heart and all your life protecting them. And and three solo sparklers go off. What would you do? Just hypothetically speaking, what would you do? don't do this what are, you, what are you what are you what are you trying to do by the way you know damn well i got friends over there no uh, listen me too I, I i'm serious though because i think it was a very funny situation it's a good thing to talk about but i have uh, among my different feelings about this week one of the things i have is a great respect for eddie kingston's professionalism like that was one of the things i sort of took was like he was like this is what we're doing i'm doing it
0: but but it, but it's no doubt a hard spot no it is. He was he was put in a difficult position. I, I will say that uh, you, if you can't see what's going on around you with your if your head is down, what are you that's, supposed to do? That's a good
1: point, too. <laughs> I didn't even like think he, about that. He might have thought it was awesome.
0: Yeah. You don't know. I, I don't know. Yo, that's a thought yeah. I didn't even consider. Nah, I didn't think about it either. Because yeah, it's, not, it's not like he looked up and saw, you know, it's not like there's not really much room to improvise if you don't know what's going on around you. <laughs> so but it's
2: facts though <laughs>
0: right so mox
1: could see probably mox is looking up but that's why he got up afterwards and was like yo what the hell was that but you're right eddie's facing the ground he doesn't even know what the hell's going on he probably was like yo that that was dope let me take a look around out here and having no idea um i was just curious though because i did i did feel for him i was like man that's a tough spot and i just think i was gonna ask him the follow-up to that is because eddie kingston's a name that pops into my mind what talent is out there that's never worked in WWE that you would love to get to see have a run on your side of town?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. Well, I probably for my own sake probably can't name anyone from you know that company. Okay. But uh man, I am a big fan of uh, Shingo Takagi in mm. New Japan. I think he's incredible. I, I don't know if you watch a lot of New Japan. I've never seen Shingo Tagagi. No, I
1: have
0: Yeah, he's the man. Check, check some Shingo. I like him because he's nice. He's not massive, but he's big enough to, like, his power stuff is believable. And he moves real well. I just, I don't know. I find him very, I find him charismatic. And I just really enjoy watching him. So check check out some, some Shingo. One thing you said
1: earlier that I wanted to go back to for one second. You talked about how it was hard for you. You didn't want to hurt anyone is it hard when you're a new guy, but you're big? Everyone knows about, that you can lift, that you're strong. Uh, does that ever create situations where there are expectations that you're supposed to do something with a big guy, a Kane, a Cena, whoever, people who are big-ass dudes, that you're like, mm-hmm. damn, yeah, I can physically do this, but I'm new
0: and I really don't want to do this. This is scary. <laughs> um, No, I think the biggest thing is there was just such a big stigma about hurting guys when you're in FCW is you don't want to hurt the top guys. Like you can lay it in a little bit more with mid card guys. And, but all it takes is the wrong person, especially if you're you're new and you just came up and you potato a top guy. And now it can be all over for you. They can say, I don't want to work with them, send it back down. And that could be it that could be it so it's not necessarily like hey there are things that i don't want to do because i think we had that my actually my very first match on the main roster was at wrestlemania in new york Mm -hmm. Uh, it was me and dolph against uh team hell no brian and kane and they had me do like one of the things we just we just want like one display of strength and i gave uh kane just picked him up and gave him the um why am i blanking on the name the backbreakers the triple backbreakers so i you know they were cool they wanted me to look strong and impressive but so it's not so much that it's it's not potatoing top guys and now it's at a certain point where eight years in if i were to do that with like a cena level or a randy level there's a certain level of rapport where i could apologize it's cool but when they, when you're brand new and they don't know you and you don't have that that you're not an indie darling either it's uh it's a bit more difficult
1: we always have you're sort of the standard for great guys, and we talk about people who are great guys. Um, I believe actually we have some exciting news, SGG, about Dipperstein. He wants to get into the power ranking business when it comes to great guys. And one person that we could literally name the power rankings after would be you. Everyone regards you as a great guy, not just us. Who do you who who is a not Kofi, not Xavier, not someone we know that you have a relationship with? Who's someone in WWE who you think is just
0: a great guy yourself? Uh, Ray Mysterio has got to be one of the nicest, not even just like the nicest man in wrestling, but just one of the nicest humans I've ever met. Same thing, like I'm, when I met, met him a decade ago, he's just been the same guy. Uh, so I would definitely say Ray is just an incredibly sweet human being. Well, and he must be.
1: Of- Look at all the Louis Vuitton and Gucci that his family's yeah. wearing on TV every week. I mean,
0: come on. Look, he's earned every dollar of it. Don't you dare shame <laughs> no, that man. I'm for- not shaming that man. Yeah. I want. Yeah. I wish We're my dad jealous. was Rey Mysterio. That's,
1: that's jealousy. I want a Louis Vuitton jacket every week uh, yeah. on TV. <laughs> mm-hmm. By the way, it's Dominic not- seems like a very sweet kid, too, in limited Dom- interaction.
0: Yeah, I like Dom a lot. I mean, you're backstage. You know how it is. Uh, yeah, Dom's a good good. I was gonna call him a good kid, and then I felt like. It but he is a me. kid. I can't do that. It nah. ages you. What He's, are you? What yeah. Are
1: you? You're thirty three. Thirty five. Thirty five. Yeah. And Dominic's what? Twenty
0: two. Around there.
2: Yeah. Good kid.
0: Yeah. Good kid. He's a kid. You're allowed to say that. it. Doesn't good age kid. you that much. He is a kid. I guess. But no, it's uh, their family's awesome, man. Uh, so yeah, let's go with Ray. But I will say, for the most part, man, our locker room is so much better than when I first came in, as far as personalities and people not being dicks man it just it was a different time around like 2009 2010 uh just people just are are cooler you know it's a, it's more of a tight-knit community i think
1: yeah there speaking aren't of- there, there aren't a lot of jackasses to be honest not particularly yeah. uh what well, sorry She, what's up
2: i was gonna say speaking of great guys and um you've been cautious about mentioning people from the other company but i think i, I don't think you'll catch any flack for just speaking a little bit to the legacy of like Brody lee and you know oh, like never UC man you and Just the whole wrestling community, because I think people as fans, we see we see what happens on TV and we don't realize just how deep and far reaching these relationships people have are. And I think people got a glimpse of it with Brody, but I I just don't think people understand really the legacy that he's leaving behind.
1: And the relationship and how that formed, too.
0: Yeah, um, that's my guy, man. That's all. That's my guy. So I can't remember exactly why or when we got Real close, but it was a few years ago and just him and his family. He's got the I'm not I'm not even a big kid person, but he has the best kids, man. His his son, uh, Brody, and his other son, Nolan, are just incredible kids. And his wife is incredible. Just the picture of strength. Uh, she's hilarious. Uh, Brody. Brody was someone I just talked to every day. And and now there's so many times where. I want to text him. That's my first instinct is to text Brody. And I, it's that reflex of, no, nah, he's, I can't. Um, just about all, so many facets of life. And he was really, I think one of the things that I, that really helped me was hearing the outpouring of love and affection for this man, because sometimes you have a friend and you love him, but, you know, hey, he's kind of a dick or I've seen him do something shady. I love with Brody. I never had to lie about his character. I never had to lie about the kind of man he was. Um, His losses is is something that I'll, that's a void. I'll never be able to fill. Um, You know, we, we spent a lot of time talking about life, about MMA, about his kids. He was so proud of his kids. He was so energized by being a father and uh, you know he moved to Tampa a few years ago and so he lived like 15 minutes from me and even when he left the company and I, you know, I still saw him all the time I just even when we didn't plan to we'd be at the gym at the same time and I was like it sounds corny but I would I would light up anytime I saw him even though we'd be texting and talking anytime I was at the gym and I saw him I just couldn't wait to run over and hug him dab him up talk we would spend 15 20 minutes just talking and um, I couldn't ask for a better friend and he was not only just an incredible pro wrestler but he was an even better man and uh, that's that's a loss that that I'll never forget you know Um, I can't say enough good things about him and uh, it still still doesn't feel real in many ways, you know, I keep thinking he's just away for a bit. But, uh, yeah, I miss him. I miss him every day. I miss him dearly. I will always miss him. And uh, I'm grateful to have to have known him and to have loved him. And uh, just it's my guy forever.
1: I, th- I think everyone will like the, the outpouring of love for Brody Lee is such that it, it almost makes it like a and I, this may sound cheesy, but I actually think it's a, it's a sort of nice thought. Man, you should live your life in a way where the goal would be that people talk about you when you're gone the way they talked about Brody Lee. That, that would be a sign of a life well-lived. You know, I, I didn't know Brody Lee at, at all, which is, which, is, which is wild at all. So I had this very weird mixed thing of profound sadness for people I care about who know him so well, yourself, Emilio. It's like a lot of people who really loved him. And then I also felt like this incredible sense of, of, of extra sadness and jealousy that I didn't get to know this person who sounds just like every account of him is just like just the most wonderful ray of sunshine in, in people's lives. Um, so I love seeing the way you rep for him. Um, you guys really have kept it up too. you know, like um, and, and listen, it, it's one of those things where everyone's outpouring felt so authentic. You know, sometimes people pass and they're like, oh, here comes everyone's post about how they were so tight with this person. And in the case of Brody Lee, you're like, yo, everyone really was close with this person. Like they <laughs> yeah. loved this man. You know?
0: Yeah. I yeah, thought that was real. nice to see. Yeah. And there's so many stories, too, of him like buying gear for people or things like, you know, when Kaz had to deal with his his miscarriage. And he said Brody talked to him for hours on the phone because it's something that, that he had dealt with with his wife with Amanda mm. and uh, he was just he was a guy who would just kind of be there for you but he was he was still a ball buster he, would, he had this like gruff persona so he didn't he didn't walk around like a saint which is I think why I loved him even more is because he was he was one of the boys and he was a pro wrestler and like by every definition of that term but under all that exterior was a, just a really sweet sweet man. Yeah, rest in peace to the great
1: Brody Lee. Um, hey, Big E, um, thank you for spending time with us. Uh, you can go to – just go on Google and type in Our Heroes Rock. And uh, boom, look, I got you up. You're getting close, bro. You're already 97 97.5. I appreciate whoo- you. The cheap heat universe about to put you over the top, my guy. We got you. Bless you. Bless and, you and, all. And if you need um, – If at any point you need a voice for a white guy in the cartoon, and I can be evil, but, like, with limitations. Like, I'm not going to be Bull Connor, you know? If it's, like, sort of a generic. (laughs) If it's, like, a generic white character, you know, I'll do it. I'll just let me know. I Uh, I feel wrong for laughing at that Bull Connor joke, but uh, well done. Um, I will see you in a week and a half. I look forward to it.
0: Beautiful. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks, Biggie. Peace, y'all. Appreciate you. There he is, ladies Mm -hmm. and
1: gentlemen, the great, great Great guy. He's a great guy. As you know, his name is Big E. Um, And uh, guys, make sure you email us, RosenbergBeats at gmail.com. SGG, do you have black power rankings or is Big E the black power rankings? I have black power rankings.
2: You do? I might have to adjust them a little bit after that phenomenal interview. He gave us an great, hour. So don't just... With just... a
1: great, great I mean, guy. he's a great guy. You
2: really can't I just... had them. I have to adjust All them. right, all right. Here we go. Here we go. All
0: right,
2: who you got? In the number three, Scorpio Sky, who's a guy that I've... I mean, when AEW became a thing and they announced that he was going to be a part of the roster, I, along with a lot of people, couldn't wait for him to be... You know, they talked about diversity and I couldn't wait for them to highlight him as some of the diverse, you know, black talent that they had. And they've been a little slow to get there. And even though I thought the brass ring moment was very cheesy and it, it was a little corny and it's still Scorpio Sky is still my guy. He's All right. Still good the for true you. professional. He still sees his moment. And it's, I, a, it's and a big moment that, no matter what. Yeah, it's a sign. I hope it's a sign of better things for him because this is what I and a lot of people have been wanting. So he's coming in at number three, Scorpio Sky. The original number two has been bumped for his now heated rival. So I'm not even going to say his name. I'm just going to say, when I say who the new number two is, you'll know. And that is Big E with, you know, great 24, just a very insightful interview. Uh, he touched on Generous. a lot. He really did, he gave right. us a lot. And I think there are people who – he might even make new fans or people might be more fans of him than they were when this interview started because it was a really, a really great interview. And then in a number one, I mean, who else? He retained his championship much similar to the way he gained his championship in just, like, truly impressive, dominant – fashion bobby lashley who as champion i mean that new intro was it was incredible they really make him feel like something special and he is backing it up bell to bell so he's coming in number one ww champion bobby lashley
1: that was the scary sound for bobby lashley no (laughs) as opposed to the end of uh aew yeah (laughs) <laughs> All right, guys, we love you. We appreciate you. That will do it for Cheap Heat. Um, Beats at gmail.com. I said at the beginning of the show, I'll say it again. Last 48 hours or so for you to get your 24-7 shirts, Rosenbergradio.com slash merch. Um, big shout-out to everyone who bought them. I'm kind of overwhelmed by how many people ran out and got them. So appreciate you, but uh, last couple days, if you want to cop, then it's gone for good. Catch you guys next week. Uh, SGG, do me a favor and stay mage. And then take it easy, P.
2: It's professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. At
1: this time, I would like to introduce, in the corner to my left, the majesty. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to meet up and like, sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce, shout out to that guy Red Heart is the greatest
2: professional wrestler in the history of the art form m m m m m